What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. We've been speaking for a few weeks now on this topic of Jesus people. And, and we've, we've defined Jesus' people a little bit. And, and just so to give you the context, if you're new today or within the last couple of weeks, uh, Jesus' people, a Jesus' person is not a religious person. Jesus' people are not perfect people at all. Um, are, you, are you glad about that? I am, because then I wouldn't be invited to that club. No, Jesus' people are real people just like you and me that have a passion for Jesus because you realize what God's done for you Amen. Do you know that God has done something for you? All right, y'all are making me work. You didn't use all your energy during the 60-second convo, did you? Okay. And not only are you aware of the things that God has done for you, but because of that, you're so deeply impacted that you want to make sure that you share that same encounter with other people. In the 60s and in the 70s, there was this movement that literally coincided with with like the with the the kind of the climax of the hippie movement during that particular time, where so many people were experimenting with drugs, sex, and rock and roll, and all that, there was a movement of people who were encountering Christ from that, and being so drastically encountered by the love and the grace of God that they couldn't help themselves but make sure that they went out into the same people that they just came from the same lifestyle they just got saved from and took that same love, that same passion, that same zeal and took it to the streets. And from that movement, man, there's been countless leaders and churches and other movements that have continued. Literally, that that Jesus people movement of the 60s and the 70s literally turned the world upside down. And, And just like any movement and and any, any, any wave of, of spiritual renewal or even revival that comes, sometimes it ebbs and sometimes it flows. And so the goal should never be to chase what was done before and try to, try to redo and, and revisit the things that God has done and make it happen again. But the point should always be that God is taking the church forward. God takes people forward. But what happens when you don't know how to go forward. What happens when you're trying to follow God but you don't know where to go? What happens when you're good because you got to where you are somehow and you know that God is calling you to something but your feet feel like they're frozen in the ground because you, you don't, you're fearful of what is ahead of you. You can't necessarily even see the next step that's in that's in front of you. One of the reasons why God's word is so powerful is because it allows you to see the way that God has interacted with humanity from the beginning, even literally up until now. And God's word builds faith in you to believe for what God can do and desires to do in your life. But here's the thing, like if you, if you never get into God's word, then how will you know? Hearsay, 
well, the preacher talks on Sunday, he opens up the Bible. That's kind of my devotions for the week. No. Imagine if, imagine if, if that's how you ate. Imagine if <laughs> during the week, seven days a week, who here likes to eat? Can I get an amen? <laughs> you get a big smile on your face, Danny. I know you're thinking of barbecue or something right now. No, we love to eat. We love food. Imagine if the only time you ever ate was Sunday morning when you came to church. And then from there, like, man, that was good. That was so good. And then you leave and you never put anything else into your physical body for the rest of the week. You know what's going to happen when you come to church next time? If you come to church the next time, you're going to be starving, which is not bad to come hungry to church. Some, some of you are like, you got to stop talking about food. I am getting hungry as you talk about food. No, but listen, imagine if you came, instead of being starving and weak, if you came hungry for God and you came strong. No, we, 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 we're, you're going to eat again tonight. And when you wake up tomorrow, you're probably going to have breakfast or lunch or dinner or some mixture of the three <laughs> throughout your day. No, we, we constantly need to feed our physical body so that our physical body can operate in a way that God created it to operate. Amen? It's no different than with your spirit. It's no different than your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. And if you, you, you are going to feast on something during the week, the question is, what is it going to be? What are you going to feast on Monday through Saturday that continues to strengthen what God is doing in you and continues to point you in the direction that God is trying to lead you? More times than not, people feel lost with purpose because they're not engaging in things that feed their purpose. We engage in things that are distractions. We, we fill our time. Actually, now more than ever, we fill our time with things that are just, they don't even really have any meaning. It's just staring at a screen. It's staring at a phone. It's scrolling. It's swiping. It's, it's arguing with people on social media. It's, it's, it's reading uh, thousands of news articles, things that literally aren't going to help any of us in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they're actually going to do the opposite. And then we wonder, why do, we, why do I feel so lost spiritually? Why do I feel so empty spiritually? Why do I feel so dry? God wants you to, this is going to sound crazy cliche. God wants you to trust him and follow him. Don't you love it when you get something that's so just revolutionary and so deep and you're like, wow, I never ever would have gotten that on my own. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Last week, um, specifically, and we've been, we've been talking about prayer for a couple of weeks now on purpose. And because here's the truth, we will we'll never be able to, to, to do the things God's calling us to do or be the people that God's calling us to be if we're doing it on our own strength. Prayer is the very thing that builds relationship between you and God. It's conversation. Now, I know, like, we all come from different backgrounds. Like, and if you don't, like, Combo Church is the type of place where literally um, half of our church you didn't grow up in church. And the other half, you've had various different experiences. Many come from like Catholic backgrounds and other, and I grew up in church when I was a kid, but it was irrelevant to me as a teenager and I just left and never came back. And, and for whatever reason, I feel like God's brought me here. Like we hear that all the time at Convo Church. And so I know like with different backgrounds, you have different ideas of what prayer is, right? 
You've been taught, you know, prayer are, they're, they're pre-made, they're in a book, you get the book on prayers and, and that's how you pray. And I'm not knocking that because sometimes that can help you. Sometimes that can kind of help get the, get the wheels rolling. But at the end of the day, this is what Jesus wants you to know is prayer. Prayer is you having a conversation with him and you allowing him to have a conversation with you. Some people are like, whoa, like, like this? We're like, well, yeah, this part sounds like that. How God speaks to you can sound different. I've talked to so many people that struggle with that. Like, yeah, I mean, I can pray and I can say stuff and I can say words with the mouth and the thing and talking to God, but I never hear him talk to me because we have this expectation that we're gonna hear him in the same way that we hear ourselves. But the reality is, is that the vast majority of time, the way that God speaks to you is he will speak to you through, through his word. He will speak to you in your heart. When I, like when you hear me say all the time, like I heard God say, or God was speaking to me, you know, sometimes like that can create such a divide between people that hold microphones and those that don't. You're like, well, you're, you're a pastor. So, you know, clearly you have, you know, you put in your Beats by Dre and God's just speaking to you. No, no, it's when I, most of the time when I say that, what I mean is that in my heart, I felt an impression or I had a thought. Because here's one of the amazing things, the more that you give yourself over to Christ over and over again, what actually begins to happen is there's a transformation that takes place in your mind. The New Testament actually teaches us that we can have the mind of Christ, that we are co-heirs with Christ. That means that you can think the way that Jesus thinks. That also means that you can hear in your mind because God is speaking through a renewed mind inside of you. And so yeah, it's a journey, just like anything. When we've almost been married 20 years. When we first got married, yeah, we communicated, but the thing that you learn about marriage is that you're a terrible communicator. Let me rephrase that. The thing I've learned about marriage is that I'm a terrible communicator. That took me 20 years to learn to rephrase that as well. But the more that you walk in relationship, come on, the more you learn how to communicate. It's the same thing with prayer. It's not a religious thing, so don't treat it religiously. Don't treat it like it's pious. Don't treat it like it's unattainable. Don't treat it like it's something that only really spiritual people do. No, God wants to hear your thoughts. Well, I've prayed before and God didn't answer my prayer. He's not a genie. It's not about that. You don't, I don't go to my wife and communicate with my wife just because I want something. I've tried, it doesn't work very well. No, it's relationship. And as you walk in relationship, God begins to do things. And here's the cool thing. God's love for you is so infinitely greater than you could ever love him that he is constantly going to pursue you in relationship. That means the only reason, if you are, can I, can I get an amen from those that you're here today and you're saved and, you're, and you love Jesus? Come on, somebody. The only reason you can even say amen to that is because in your dirtiest, nastiest, failure of a human being moment, God was pursuing you with his love. Not a single stinking person in here or online deserves to receive the love of God. But you do. So what's up with that? How's that work? God loves you. How do I know that? Well, he gave his only son for you. God, for, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Come on, John three sixteen. I guess there's football games today. Even if there's 10 people in a stadium, I'm sure somebody will have the John three sixteen sign. Or maybe they'll like digitally install it. I don't know what they're doing. But the love of God is something that is so powerful, so immeasurable. Guys, check this out. So last week, if you were here last week uh, after worship, I got a word of knowledge about uh, two individuals, or not, I didn't know. I just, somebody who's 
right leg was significantly shorter than their left leg, and it was causing problems. And we had some other stuff that we prayed for, and I'm like, if that's you, and I'm looking, nothing. All righty. Let's pray anyway, and we did. But the cool thing is, is after church, we had two individuals that came up to us and were like, that was me, but I didn't want to do that. I'm like, that's okay. And, and while, while the chairs were being undone and the pipe and drapes coming down and all, all craziness is breaking loose as we turn this gym back over to the school that owns it, we just went over here and sat in a couple of chairs. And, and, uh, and they started by sticking their legs out because we were like, oh, yeah, that's quite obvious. We can see that one is quite shorter than the other. Okay, well, this is what we're going to do. God told me this isn't me. This is a God thing. And uh, we're going to pray real simple. And, and listen, God loves you, and it's going to be cool. That's what you say. Inside, I'm like, okay, God. Okay, God, you said this to come through. And so we just prayed real simple. And then we're like, hey, can you, can you stick your legs out again? And they did, and both of them, whoosh, it was right there. And they stood up. And you could see, you could see the look on their face of kind of like joy and awe and what the heck just happened and wow, I feel different. So here's the cool thing. Like God loves you so much that he's willing to do miraculous things for you. Uh, but in, it's not about you striving to be good enough for him to do the miraculous things, but it is about you pausing and, and being willing to respond to what God's doing in a moment so that he can do the thing that he's trying to chase you down to do. God loves you so much that he will save you when you don't deserve it. He will forgive you from the worst thing you could ever imagine. He will redeem you and he will turn what the enemy meant for disaster in your life and turn it into something supernaturally powerful. But we, when we pray, it makes us stop where we are and focus our eyes on him. Even if you don't think you know how to pray, even if you don't think you know how to talk to God, just by opening your mouth, you're doing it the right way. And when you pray the wrong way, guess what? God's cool with it. Just keep coming to him because eventually he's gonna get your mind. Eventually he's gonna get your heart. And if you may be praying in ways that aren't productive, God's gonna allow you to be shifted and begin to see things the way that he sees them so that your prayers actually begin to change. I said this the other week. Has anybody had prayers that were never answered that you are so, so glad by the grace of God that those prayers were not answered? Everyone has, because we pray really dumb stuff sometimes, and that's okay. I think somebody here needs to hear today, it's okay to pray dumb prayers. Ever heard the thing, there's no such thing as a dumb question? I disagree with that. But there's no such thing as a dumb prayer. Because prayer, even if it's the weirdest thing or the wrong thing or a selfish thing or off the wall and not even in the Bible, at least you stopped and you recognize God. And that's given him an opportunity to say, hey, I'm still coming for you. I got you. I hear you. Okay, no, that's great. All right, that's a little off, but don't worry about that. I'm walking with you. We're going to get there. We're going to make progress. I should read some Bible. This is all Bible, by the way. I was trying to... Um, just so you know, like during the week, usually there's two to three days that I try to stop and only focus on putting effort and energy into what God's trying to speak on a Sunday. And most of the time that works out pretty good. Every once in a while there's moments where whatever's happening here or happening here or happening here doesn't seem to sync up. And those are the moments where I'm like, God, you do realize, um, you ever said that before? God you, do, God, you do realize, of course, there are people that are, that are needing to hear something from you, right? So it would be really cool if you could uh, tell me what you're trying to say so I got something to say when I'm standing up in front of these people. And usually when those moments happen, um, 
what God says to me is, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. Like, for you. <laughs> the only thing that I could hear God speak for today was this, follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. I was like, you mean like the smoke cloud because that's what we're dealing with? No. Follow the cloud. And I'm like, okay, I know that's in Scripture. Let me find that. And he took me back to um, Exodus chapter 13. And I think this has to do with being Jesus' people. And it was a situation where, if you, if you know the, the, the Exodus story of the Israelites, of the Hebrews at the time, they weren't even the Israelites yet, but of the Hebrew people who, who are now we know as the nation of Israel, the Israelites, Jewish, they were the ones that, that were the descendants of Abraham in which God made a covenant promise to Abraham and ta- you know, talked about his descendants in the future. I will make a nation out of you. And, and so what we see now is many, many, many years after Abraham, yeah, there's many people, there is a nation, but they just spent 400 years in slavery in Egypt. And so y'all know about Moses, right? I'm not gonna redo the whole thing. You've heard of Moses, let my people go, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, all that stuff. Okay, so we got that. But so what happens is eventually through the, through the, through the miracles, the signs, the wonders, even the, the plagues, you know, the, that God used Moses and plagues came on Egypt and, it, and eventually, the, eventually Pharaoh was like, fine, get your people, get them out of here. We can't take it anymore. Now, if you were, this is what some people don't know, if you were to leave where the, where the Hebrews were in Egypt, Their journey on foot, by the way, their journey would have taken them roughly a week, week and a half, maybe 10, 12 days to get from where they were to the promised land. But it says that God decided to redirect them in a different way. How many of you know or how many of you have experienced recently in your life things seem to be going in a direction that seem way more complicated than what it should be? You're, you're trying to get somewhere, but every time you try to get there, it seems like you're further away from where you're trying to get. And this is what I've done when I've had moments like this in my life. I blame God. That's the easiest thing to do, it really is. I blame God, what are you doing? We should have gone that way. Google Maps is telling us clearly that the shortest route to get to where we're trying to get is going this way. What God actually did is he sent them south when they should have gone east. And not only did he send them south, but he sent them to a place where they were going to be trapped between the Red Sea and between the army of Egypt. Because here's another thing, after Pharaoh said, go ahead, take him, go, we're tired of this, we need you out of here. Uh, A little bit later, he changed his mind and sent his entire army after them. So now they're trapped between the Red Sea, which they cannot cross, and an army that is not looking to take any prisoners. What do you do? This is something that happened, or the answer to that is something that happened very supernaturally. I'm gonna find the right verse to start here in Exodus chapter 13. It says that in verse 21, it says, the Lord went ahead of them. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that when it, it looks like all hell is breaking loose in our lives, when it looks like nobody knows what the heck they're doing or where the heck they're going, we can be confident in the fact that God is going ahead of us. God knows exactly what he's doing. God knows exactly where he's going. 
God knows exactly what tomorrow is going to entail. He knows exactly what the next few months is going to happen. He knows in the next few years what's going to happen. And here's the cool thing. God's got you covered. It says that he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud. And he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. Or you could say this allowed them to travel when they could see and when they couldn't see. And it says, the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud of fire from its place in front of the people. One of the cool things, it's kind of a side note, but when they did get trapped, y'all know like Moses, boom, Red Sea, parts. You can see whales swimming on both sides. At least that's when the, in, the, in the movie, that's what they had. I thought it was pretty cool. And then they walk across. I love how in those movies, how slow they walk. Do you ever notice that? They're just like, shut up. You know, it's, it's like the slowest thing. Anyway, I don't know. I just, I'm like, okay, miracle just happened. God's got us, but let's get ourselves across this water. Let's move a little faster, Moses. Thank you. Anyway, but listen, the miracle happened. This is what was cool. Even from the very earliest point, from the beginning of their journey, from the beginning, God was there leading them. From the beginning, the cloud was there and the fire was there. And when the enemy got close behind them, you know what it was cool? The sea opened up so they could move. It was kind of obvious where they were supposed to go. And God's cloud, which was also his presence, which was also his tangible glory, went over them and stood behind them creating a barrier between their enemies and where they were. Listen, you may feel like the enemies around you are catching up to you, but the same God that's leading you forward is the same God that will cover you from behind. When the Bible tells us that there is no weapon that is formed against us that will prosper, that's not code and metaphor. That means that no weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't mean the weapon won't be formed. It doesn't mean the weapon won't be used. It doesn't mean that somebody won't try to shoot at you. But what it means is that as you follow where God is leading, he will cover your back. God's faithful. It says the cloud never leaves. Now check this out. I saw this. This is real spiritual. I searched this up during worship. That's called in the moment preparation. Now, I'm not going to turn there, but in Numbers chapter 14, there was a situation where Israel was having some issues being faithful to God in the wilderness. And, and, and God spoke through Moses as Moses was speaking to the people, and he, he reminded them because they were now, they were progressing through the wilderness in a way that were, they were starting to encounter other people groups and other nations who were trying to destroy, defeat, and take them over. And God was giving them victories, but people were still starting to get afraid. And he reminded them in Numbers, he said, listen, he says, everybody knows. He's talking about all the people that they were beginning to go into their territory and all the nations that they were, they were getting to encounter and have to fight in battle. Moses said, they all know about the cloud that goes before us. They all know about the fire that goes before us. You have no reason to be afraid because the whole known world knows what God knows about God and how he takes care of his people. Today, we got at church, we got to remember God has not given us a spirit of fear. And right now, that's the thing that's being pumped out so hard around the world. Fear, fear. Because if you can get people to fear, then you can control what people fear. Reject the fear. 
Reject the control that is coming through fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind or self-discipline. That means that we can walk in wisdom and we cannot be afraid. That means that we can still make wise decisions as we move, but we're not going to be cautious because of fear. We have, we have that power, we're operating out of love, we have a sound mind, we have self-discipline, we will trust God as we move forward. I think more than anything today, God just wanted you to know, number one, will you talk to me? Will you pray? Will you talk to the Lord? Will you have conversation with him? Will you invite him into the things that you're facing? One of the most beautiful things that I love about the fact that we, we don't live in the times of Exodus, I'm so grateful for that. We live in a new day, we live in a new era. We live in a time where we don't have to go to somebody else to talk to God. I know that still exists in places in the church world today. It's one of the, it's one of the biggest travesties that's ever been taught in theology is that, is, is that you're not good enough to go to God yourself. You gotta go talk to some spiritual person who's better than you and they'll talk to God for you. No, when Jesus died on the cross, there was a giant veil that separated the people and the presence of God. And when Jesus died on that cross, that veil, which could not be torn by human hands, was torn from top to bottom, ripping open the, the, the barrier between us and God. It was God saying to us, listen, there is no longer any barrier between you and us. And it's not because you deserve it, it's because of my grace and love and I can't stand not being with you anymore. So now you come before me boldly. You come before me with your hurt. You come before me with your brokenness. You come before me with your pain. You come before me with your confusion and with your fear, with your anger. You bring it to me because I can give you answers and I can give you peace. I can give you strength. I can give you courage. The guy, that, the guy that came after Moses, Joshua. Joshua was the one, he was, he was an aide to Moses, but he ended up being the one that, that was called and had the, the privilege of actually leading the nation of Israel into the promised land. And right before Joshua took over, the angel of the Lord came to him and repeatedly said, Joshua, be strong and courageous, for I am with you. Be strong and courageous, for I am with you. I told him three times, as if he wasn't listening. Be strong and courageous, for I am with you. Listen, I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I just want you to know, God's been faithful since the beginning. God was faithful to you before you even realized that he was being faithful. God had your back before you even realized that he was in front of you. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he's got plans for you. And they're good, pleasing, and perfect. They're not good or pleasing or perfect. They're good, pleasing, and perfect, one thing. But listen, we gotta give our hearts to the Lord. We have to trust him with what's in front of us and also trust him with what's behind us. Can I pray for you? Actually, can you do me a favor? Can you just stand up where you are? I wanna engage in this moment. When we're, when we're done here today, in just a few moments, um, and we'll, we'll pray, we'll dismiss and all that type of stuff, but if you're here today and you need prayer, whether it's for healing in your body, if you need prayer for something uh, spiritual that's going on, something mental that's going on, 
or if you just need somebody to stand with you and pray, listen, we, we want you to, to, to come up here to us when we're done. And, and for some of our leaders, before you start tearing into tear down, if you could just stay with us and help us, we're going to pray for some folks up here afterwards. So please, if that's you, don't leave. Don't leave until somebody, until you have a chance to have somebody pray with you. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't fully know what God was trying to communicate all the way today. All I know is this, if nothing else, you need to leave here today knowing that God is giving you something for you to follow. Sometimes we just got to pause. We have to, we have to recognize the fact that, that God is here. I know sometimes it can seem redundant to say, God, uh, I invite you here. Like, well, he's already here. No, I, I get that. We're not really saying that for God as much as we are for ourselves, aren't we? We're actually, with our own mouth, we're verbally confessing the reality that we are inviting, we are welcoming God into our life, we are welcoming God into our moment, and we're welcoming him into our garbage, our struggles. When you do that, it puts you in a position to realize that this pillar of cloud is in front of you. And you have nothing to fear at night because the fire will go before you at night. It will protect you, it will keep you warm, it would allow you to see what normally you couldn't see. God is so faithful, church, we gotta remember this. We're living in times right now where the faithfulness of God is being questioned and is being challenged. And I'm telling you, God will never be put to shame. But if we're allowing the outside voices to speak to us more about who God is than we're allowing God to speak to us about who he is, then we're gonna get ourselves in trouble. We're gonna end up like the nation or, or, or the, the Hebrews who while in the wilderness experiencing the uh, amount of miracles that you can't even imagine, like literally rocks splitting open and providing enough water to feed four million people and their animals. Manna from heaven when they had no food to eat. And when they got tired of God's miraculous provision, God sent them so much quail that they got sick of meat. That God split the Red Sea, so literally on dry ground, it doesn't make any sense that, they, that those millions and millions of people and their stuff and their animals could walk across the Red Sea on dry land. Like that would be enough, right? You're like, wow, it's another miracle, woo. No, still in the midst of that, there's still, God's not, man, he's, he's not here. He's not, he doesn't love us, he's not faithful. He brought us out here for us to die. There's no promised land. If, if they struggled so much with the miraculous that they could see, it is understandable for us to struggle in the things that we see now, right? But let's not, let's not repeat the same patterns that have been demonstrated in the past of doubting the greatness and the faithfulness of God. God is so good, come on. There is nothing that will happen now in two months or in 20 years that will change the power and the greatness and the faithfulness of God. And if the church continues to go down a path of putting our hope and our trust in something other than the message of Jesus Christ and in the truth that is in his word, wow, we're gonna be in trouble. Everything else can crumble in the world around us, but God will stand strong. Everything else can lie, everything else can be unstable, but God's word is firm foundation. It is a lamp unto our feet, it is a light unto our path. It may be dark in the world around us, but the cloud will lead us by day and the fire will lead us by night. Can you close your eyes right where you are? When I was a kid, I was afraid of fire. I thought, oh, it's gonna hurt me. 
But in the kingdom of God, everything's backwards. It's actually the fire of God that protects you. The Bible also refers to the presence of God as an all-consuming fire. An all-consuming fire. There are things in your life that need to be consumed by the fire of God. There's also these great word pictures of, of how God will use fire like, like a refiner, like someone who's taking gold and silver that hasn't been purified and, and you put it in the fire so that the impurities can rise to the top and be scraped off. Sometimes we want the impurities to be buried down deep, right? Just buried so no one can see it. No, God wants them to rise to the surface so they can be scraped off. The fire of God needs to fall on your life, not to hurt you, but to strengthen you, to refine you, to heal you, to restore you, to build things in you that are of him and to remove things from you that are not of him. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.